0: Welcome back, guys. This is another episode of the Do Big Things podcast. It's Tuesday, June 1st. I've got a great guest for you guys this week, and I was really looking forward to sitting down and getting to know him. His name is Taylor Spike. He's an ultra runner, and he most recently finished the Coca Donut 250. I really enjoyed talking to this guy because to me, he is down to earth and really relatable. He isn't a professional athlete with support and sponsorships. He's just a regular guy that works a full-time job and uses his vacation time to go out and challenge himself with some of the world's hardest races. And when those races are over, he has to go right back to work. He's lived through heartache, loss, addiction, recovery, and he's just thriving and getting stronger every single day. He's got a great attitude about life, and I couldn't be happier to have him on the show. I know you guys are going to love this guy, too. We want to thank our sponsors. First of all, Exoskin. They make a full range of apparel, from hats to socks and everything in between. Exoskin is the only seamless athletic apparel brand that's made in the United States. United States, excuse me. Your stuff is really comfortable and great at providing protection from chafing, blisters, hot spots, and odor. I wore their X, the Exo toe, uh, toe Socks. That's what they're called. The ExoSkin Skin Toe Socks. I on a run yesterday uh, for like, it was like 15, 17 miles with like 4,000 feet. It was a pretty tough mountain run and no blisters, no hot spots, no nothing. And then I wore my. Uh, what are they? Smart wool socks today on a 10 mile run and I got a hotspot. So you guys do the math. Their toe socks are phenomenal. I love them. Um, they're, yeah, they're, uh, if you're into anything outdoors, you've got to check their stuff out. Shorts, socks, shirts, hats. They've all been through the most challenging races in the world. They stand behind their products with a 30 day money back guarantee. If you wear it and you're not convinced, send it back for a full refund. You guys have nothing to lose here. I want you to check out their website. It's xoskin.us, spelled X-O-S-K-I-N dot U-S. I want you to use our discount code, B-T-C, all caps, for 20% off. This podcast is also brought to you by On Pace Wellness. Will Benitez is working with some of the finest athletes around, and he's helping them find even more success. Will is a certified nutritionist and he knows what he's talking about when it comes to diet and nutrition. You want to take your game to the next level? Contact On Pace Wellness. Maybe you're not an elite athlete and you just want to feel better, feel healthier on a day to day basis. Maybe you need a little extra guidance. Contact On Pace Wellness. Mention this podcast and he's going to give you guys 10% discount and get you properly tuned up for success. Yeah, baby. Last but not least, this podcast is brought to you by Athletic Brewing. I am drinking one right now. The finest non-alcoholic craft beer on the market. Uh, You can have one in the middle of the day, not worry about driving. You can have a couple at night, not have to worry about being groggy in the morning. There's no hangover with this stuff because there's no alcohol. Check them out, athleticbrewing.com. I want you to use my discount code, McRobertsA20, all caps. 20% 20% off the finest NA beer around buy two six-packs or more and you don't have to worry about shipping costs either who does that athletic brewing does that enjoy the taste without the hangover remember guys by supporting our sponsors you are supporting this podcast it's a great way to support us you don't want to throw money at us you don't have time to sit down and write out a review uh use our promo codes, um, help our sponsors out by helping them out. You're helping us out. So it's mucho appreciated. You guys put your hands together, ladies and gentlemen, for my man, Mr. Taylor spike. right okay all right all right man so um well first and foremost congrats on cocadona
1: oh yeah yeah that's yeah i appreciate that that's so yeah,
0: that's um, from what fresh. i saw yeah i bet well i see you're out running so you must have f- fared all right your legs must be doing okay um, and just based on what I saw on your Instagram, it, you know, it looked like a real suffer fest. Like you just barely made it into the finish line or something. And then I took a peek at your ultra sign up, and, and you had a top 10 finish.
1: Yeah. I, I had a good, t- it was fun, man. It was, it was, it's what trail running is. Yeah, um, totally. it's just, yeah, it's like, yeah, you just, you start out and you pick a pace that's comfortable. You can know, you can go all day and, and you just manage it. That's, yeah. you know, it's, yeah, it's yeah, it was exciting. I I didn't plan on doing another 200, but uh, it worked out. It worked out. So,
0: well, it's the inaugural year for Cocodona, so you got to hit it up. I mean, you've done a few 200s before, though, right?
1: Yeah, I did the inaugural year of a uh, uh, Moab too. Okay, yeah, I, was, uh, I was joking with somebody because when we started that, Candace was like it's 220 or it's 230, but nobody really knew because nobody had ever actually done the full loop at once. Okay. Um, so it was the same deal. Yeah. Who knows? That's that's, that's what makes it fun. Right.
0: Yeah, totally. Well, yep. awesome. Awesome work. You got it done, man. Oh yeah. Um, how was it compared to some of the other 200s that you've done? I mean, from, from what I hear, the first 30 miles were really gnarly and, uh, the heat was brutal. Uh, how did you, how did you fare?
1: It was hot. It was real hot. I, I started off, it was pretty funny. I kind of, I snuck up front um, right at the start. I was right up, you know, right, maybe about third or fourth person back. And I'm kind of looking around and because those are fast cats, right? You yeah. know, there's everybody's like, there's guys that they're going to win. And that's right. they're, they're not going to have any other mission other than that. So yeah. I, but then everybody took off and I just stood there. Uh, and I hung out in the very back of the, that first group. Oh, good part of the, good part of the day until the second group started to catch us. And I hung out with those guys for a while and I was sitting in the shade and, uh, just kind of taking my time. It it was, it was way too early to be running fast. So I just, it was hot. It was up, you know, once we started climbing and it was rocky as all get up, man, it was rocky. Um, Mm -hmm. but it just, yeah, everything worked really well. I ran with Jamil for a little bit at the beginning until the sun really came up and, Um, it just it just turned into management right out of the gate because it was hot. It was hotter than you know. It's yeah. Yeah. Here at home in Oregon at three hundred and fifty feet, you know, it's fifty some degrees and drizzling. It's not eighty. Right, (laughs)
0: right. Right. But um,
1: but, yeah, it was. uh It was. It was good. I. I just yeah. No, those journeys are are pretty pretty crazy. And I, there's just so many days. I mean, yeah, Yeah. it's long. So well, you you know, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, were the first 30 miles as gnarly as everyone said they were? I mean, did you, did you, did you think like, man, this is a, a tough beginning to the race? Like how are we yeah. going to do this?
1: Absolutely. I, I knew, uh, you know, there was talk in the, in the very, very beginning, um, that it was going to be way harder that first part than anybody had anticipated. Okay. And so, yeah, it was tough. It was just, it was the hardest 50 K I've ever done. You know, though. Really? Yeah. I, I don't know about a hundred K of it. I kind of heard that a couple of times and I, you know, the first 50 miles, that was legit. I mean, it it was honest. Um, and I, it was just a brutal up down, uh, hot, no water. I mean, we all ran out of water. If you didn't run out of water, you must've had gallons because (laughs) I, I mean, I had a bad, you know, we, I Ben light saved my life. Uh, we left mile 11 and I, uh, you're supposed to have your three liters of water, and mm. we left there. We we're about a mile and a half from aid station, and my back was getting wet real quick. Mm. Uh, and my bladder had split open.
0: Oh no! And
1: so we ripped it apart, and we salvaged maybe, maybe twenty ounces of it. So I was pretty low going into that whole thing, but it was it just turned into management. I knew I'm not going to be running. I'm going to be hiking. Stay in the shade when I can. Take your time. Um, I I was out of water so quick. I can, yeah, there was guys that were much faster than me that I even started catching up to. And I'm thinking, boy, this is gonna be a long week for these cats because <laughs> it's, you just, you get so dehydrated like that. I don't know how you, how you ever recover. Uh, yeah. You can't do that in a day. Yeah. But yeah, I split my bed, bladder, blend my, Ben Light had a duct tape and super glue. So we got it all cleaned up and put back together. And at least I had that. I couldn't put anything in it. <laughs> I had the bladder and there uh, was just about, and that thing was brim full. And that's where I messed up is I filled it before the start. And I ran with that bladder on my back and two bottles up front. Uh, you know, I was just over thir- uh, three liters mm-hmm. at the start all the way through. So when we got to the aid station, I really didn't need anything. I filled up my bottles up front. Um, and then rolled out and then that bladder broke and i just oh, thought well gosh <laughs> this is gonna be slow <laughs> so, uh, but it was so steep and rugged it didn't matter i mean i how those guys were running across that stuff i could do that they, they were flying yeah i i know better
0: <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so, yeah well how old are you A uh, 43 43. Okay. I'm 46. So yeah, I'm in the nice. same boat as you, man. It's just like, you know, just get out there and find a pace that you can manage, mm-hmm. you know, hike what you, what you have to hike, run what you can. But for something like that, it's just so long. There's just so much management that's happening.
1: Yeah. And, and I knew, I told, I told my dad, I said, I'm thinking a good eight hours for the first 50 K and he's like, Oh, you're crazy. I'm sitting nah eight, nine. I said, that's, I'm, I'll shoot for that. I said, I'm okay with that. I said, I think that's, we do that the first day. I get the first day out of the, out of the way. I get the heat out of the way, let it get dark, let the sun go down. I had it figured out. I thought i would be close to a downhill on some gravel road sometime in the dark. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to hike this thing out. And those nobody's going to be running the whole time as hard as they did that first day. So as long as I can manage this thing out and drag it out and run later, maybe i'll start catching people yeah. so um yeah what yeah i know was it got so hot there was <laughs> yeah so in the altitude it was hard on me it's it's early season man if it was like september or august and i had been in the mountains you know all summer it's different but going from skiing to training for a race to being in the desert at yeah. five thousand six thousand feet is just A little reality check.
0: (laughs) It's brutal, man. It's just brutal. Like nobody's really heat trained at that point. It's, it's, it's an early race in the season, even if it wasn't that hot. I mean, uh, yeah, that's a tough one. You mentioned your dad, was he there pacing and crewing or. Yeah. Yeah. My dad went down there with me Okay. um,
1: after Tahoe, Tahoe two years ago, he said he'd never go again, never do another race with me. So he said (laughs) I was too mean but of course, of course he, ju- he jumped at this one. He wanted to go. So, uh, he went and then a couple of buddies from Utah uh, with recovery strong met me out there. And, and one of them, the farthest he'd ever ran was like 14 miles. So this was all super new to him. Whoa. He had never been to, had never been to an ultra. Um, so this was just like a blast into like, you know, top level is how I felt. So,
0: Dang.
1: but they did great. They were awesome. Super how far awesome.
0: did that guy go? That's that had only been 14 miles. I think he ended up doing, I think
1: he ended up doing close to 40 miles over Dang, over the days. Nice. Yeah, I think, yeah, he did a 13 miler with me that was tough. And I, it, I, <laughs> I do you run with a pacer?
0: Oh, yeah, you, for sure. Okay, so I, I never have. I mean, not, not always, not always, but yeah. I, I like to if I can. Yeah. yeah. So, so we started a business, actually. Our business is called Big Things Crew. Oh, that's right that's right. So so yeah, we, we, if people come into Colorado that are from out of state or whatever, they don't have anybody to pay some, we'll go out and pay some. So in a way it's sort of my specialty, but anyway, sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead.
1: No, no, no. That's because that's brilliant because I guys like me, I, I I don't really want friends to do it because you know, I don't, when you're doing that stuff, it's almost better to have somebody you don't really know
0: who can say, Hey,
1: here's what you, here's what you got. Okay. Well then, You know, it's kind of going to the ice cream store. If there's only chocolate and vanilla, I'm probably going to walk out happy. But if there's like 100 flavors, I'm going to walk out. I should have done this. I should have gotten that, right? So to me, crewing is the same. If I don't have anything, I'm good. I told my dad, I said, you bring the tote, you drop the tote, drop the chair. I'm set, right? So they did that, but then it turned into, um, you know, hey, uh, give me some muscle milk red bulls uh you know gatorade i started having the selection of stuff i wanted and those guys were awesome they were they were loading me up and they they had it everywhere i needed it Um, it made it it made it really changed the experience because i i was able to not have to worry about things that in the past i would have been worried about where am i going to get calories maybe the aid stations didn't have what i wanted or maybe i didn't have any tailwind or you know what i mean you kind of get I know I kind of think what I need. Um, and there's times you want to splurge and especially over that many miles. And I was really thankful those guys were there. Yeah. They did yeah. awesome.
0: So muscle milk and red bull. Uh,
1: oh, there was.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Like,
0: I would be puking if I had those, if I was drinking those two, I think, but the, the, it worked out old, for you.
1: Oh man, you don't even want, yeah, ginger ale and tailwind, 50-50 Coca-Cola, tailwind 50-50 gnarly with tailwind, split so you knock the foam down, right, you get all the calories, but you don't get the fizz, but the only thing solid I ate was a cup of top ramen and a cheeseburger. The whole race? The whole race. I tried one of those bean wrap things, I had a bean wrap thing and I took it with me and I Oh, no, there was a peanut butter jelly sandwich, a half a sandwich involved at some point. Okay. That's when I really wanted to just jump off a cliff. I was pretty done. And my buddy, <laughs> he's like, here, take some food. He had, oh, it was gummies and a peanut butter jelly sandwich, a half one. But other than that, that was it. I was drinking soda and that gnarly and tailwind and I had sores in my mouth, which is, I've learned is pretty common when you're uh, drinking that much soda. Yeah. But it works for me. Right. I don't get sick. I used to always get sick. I've yeah. I've been high fat, low carb or high fat, you know, yeah, low carb. I tried that. I did that through Tahoe. My last go at that. I was super strict on that. Um, and I've kind of reverted to the sugars and, you know, some taste. Right? Sure. yeah, um, But it's, yeah, I, I didn't get sick. And I, and I guess the other piece of that though, is it being that hot. And knowing kind of how much I was exerting, it didn't matter. I didn't think it mattered how many calories I was getting or wh- how I was getting them. I was mm-hmm. gonna burn them, right? Yeah. It was just I was gonna sweat it out. Um, that was my theory at least. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Five guys. I thought it was a five guys cheeseburger. And it ended up being a Culver, which I would never had before. Oh, which was Culver's. like a double. A double. It was solid. It was a good burger. Oh I mean, yeah, was- that's
0: a good burger. That's Midwest burger right there. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> so. Yeah. I was, I was pretty excited to do that. The fries, I tried to do a couple of fries and it was too much. It was, okay. just, it hurt my mouth. So
0: oh, dude, but so how bad did it get? I mean, I want to hear like your highest point and your lowest point. Like, I'm sure there's moments out there where oh. you're just flying and everything's clicking and going right. And there's other moments where you just, like you said, you want to jump yeah. off the bridge.
1: <laughs> yeah, Maggie, Maggie, Maggie took my soul. She said I took hers, but that's not how it worked. <laughs> I was I was I was riding pretty high until um Sedona. Oh, Sedona nice. was was no no good after Sedona, leaving Sedona when I saw Courtney. She was there there and I had left and that was that morning. I knew it was going to get hot that day. And I was really worried. I was really worried um, because that day coming off. So I had done uh, in the mornings, I was clipping along. I remember I passed uh, passed a group, some some buddies, you know, kind of early one morning and we were clipping. I mean, we were, we were doing eights. We were running really, really well. It was cool out. Uh, We had our headlamps off. We were kind of hunting people down. It was pretty fun. And uh, so we just, we rolled off a lot of miles that day. And then we climb, I'm trying to draw, I'm drawing a blank of where it was. Um, the later in the race, I remember the aid stations, but early on, I'm, they were blurry. Um, there's a big, Oh, Prescott. When we, when we came through Prescott, there's a big long section. Then we did a climb up out, out of there, not to Mingus. Yeah. It was to Mingus. Yes. Mingus. That's where it was to a hundred. That's what that was. So when I got to the top of Mingus, I had had uh, I had, and I was riding high. I was re- doing really well. I was like 27 hours at a hundred. I felt really, really good about it. Um, I felt like I had a ton of energy and <laughs> I had left. Um, I had left Mingus and it did a climb and I thought I was already at the top. So we had, I had left there and I was alone and I had put headphones in. that was the first time I had re- ran with any music or anything the whole trip. Okay. And I threw in some music and I got up to the top, and uh, there's a, a like a hang hang glider takeoff spot on the top of Mingus Mountain, and it looks over. It uh, must be Cloverdale or Cottonwood. There's a town down below that we went through where there was a dead horse was the aid station, but you could look over this whole valley, and there's like this platform, like this asphalt platform for the hang gliders to take oh, off wow. on. Okay. And I'm like, if there's a place you do ashes. That's the spot. right? So I poured out some of my son's ashes and, wow. and I was doing them there and kind of had a moment and uh, howie uh, photographer had caught that. I didn't know his area was kind of hiding in the bushes, um, but he had nailed that it, that moment pretty well. and that was that was the high, right? That was like 100 miles in. I was feeling good. and I came down off of there uh, pretty fast, faster than I should have. And I, I passed Maggie, I passed Drew. I wow. started catching. I started catching people. They were walking. It was it was tough. It was rocky as shit. But the time of day that it was, I was in the shade, and I don't think they realized that they were they. they you could move because you weren't really hot because you could run against the hillside mm-hmm. in the trees and kind of stay in the shade. Mm-hmm. And I thought, man, you better you got to take advantage of this shit because when that sun shifts another hour, you'll be hot and you won't be able to get away from it. And so that was, that was coming all the way down into Jerome. I had that whole idea of I'm going to run where I could get in the shade um, and I would move fast. And when it was hot, I would slow down. Um, So rather than trying to get through it, I slowed down in the heat, kind of took my time and then would push when I felt like I was in the shade and a little cooler, if that Mm -hmm. makes sense. And I had, I had done pretty good through there. We got to Jerome, left Jerome, got down that was we started coming into the night and that's when i had moved up quite a few places and i was i was feeling really good and i um gr- got frustrated uh i t- tried to sleep and my sister had called my dad that was a dead horse and I, and i tossed and turned for an hour and a half and that was the beginning of a long it must have been 30 hours i'm going to guess because i i just felt like i walked for 30 hours i couldn't really. Yeah. I laid there and tossed and turned, had a couple tacos. Oh, that's what it was. Ta- they had a taco stand. That was the other place. I tried to eat a couple tacos and I ate like a half one and I, I couldn't, my throat, I couldn't, I couldn't chew anything and get it down. And that's yeah. what I'm waking up and I tried to eat it cold and it was no good, but I, in my <laughs> mind, I wanted it so bad. And, uh, but we, we left there and, and, uh, Jared, the guy uh, who, or with Recovery Strong, who had never ran very far, he definitely had never paced anybody. Okay. We left there that it was about ten o'clock at night. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, ten. We were leaving, and that sucker is like taking off. I mean, he's like running out ahead of me, and I'm like thinking, myself, you know, yeah, okay. See you, dude. He kind of look look back at me like, man, oh, what's going on? You know, and I, was, and I just had to accept he doesn't know, right? So I just kind of got frustrated i walked and we walked and we caught up to joshua i think was his name joshua Locke, maybe i think that sounds right and he was right in front of us i mean 100 yards and i was uh, i was staggering i got tired since i hadn't slept i got frustrated i got down on myself and i just said next aid station you know i got i got to regroup um and then i did and then i ended up getting some actual you know maybe about 30 minutes of sleep Okay. Uh, and then was able to kind of get out of there and regroup but that turned into the rest of the day just being horrible leaving Sedona getting hot I had passed Maggie on coming down off Mingus and she's like you're t- you took my." they yelled something and maybe it was later she yelled that I-, I took her soul but uh <laughs> she yelled something I ran by it. I had my headphones in I was just rocking out going for it when uh she caught me in the tent um the out, outside of Sedona I was sitting in there and it was just like a greenhouse it was so blazing hot sweating and she gave me a hard time for drinking soda and her and Courtney took off out of their like bosses though the, yeah. the race was on I could tell there was no way I was ever going to catch her that really? she yeah she gave that look you know when someone looks at you they're oh, like gosh. I don't care where I end up but you are not going to ever pass me again. <laughs> and that was exactly the case I yeah I never saw her again she took off out of there and they were they were gone so wow. but it was uh it was it was so hot. they left there I got out onto the road i had a, uh, had my phone out, and I was looking for the number you know that they give you to quit right so like and I had my phone out and I started thinking myself so what i what am i doing i said what' <laughs> I'm walking down a gravel road and it is hot as shit and wow. i then I started thinking, well, how long is it even gonna take somebody to figure out where I'm at? I mean, I don't know where I'm at. I mean, so how <laughs> how long? I mean, it could take hours. And I'm thinking, right. this is ridiculous. And I I look up in front of me and I I see this this white van off in the distance. I mean, pretty far down this gravel road, right? And this is, I mean, it's in the night, it's hot. I mean, it's middle of the day. This is before black, I think it was called Black Tank, was the next one we came into. So I don't know what the name of this, that one was. It was uh right, gosh, right there in Sedona, like deer, deer mountain or something, doe mountain or something's right there. And it was supposed to be an aid station that your crew, I thought they could get to. And it was one of those, I get there and there's no one, there's mm-hmm. two people working the aid station. There's no crew. And I sat down in disappointment. She catch Courtney and Maggie catch me. <clears throat> they leave. We take off. I see them off in the distance running away like deer. <laughs> and I look, you know, shortly after that, I look up and I see this, this white van. Well, my dad has a white van okay. and I see it drive by and all of a sudden it drives by again. And I'm like, okay, I'm hallucinating. That is, it's is, <laughs> it's gotta be, I'm hot, I'm overheated. Mm-hmm. I want to quit. And I think in my mind, I start to think, well, these are all the, I'm going to convince myself to quit. I'm going to convince myself to tell whoever this person is, Hey, call. I need help. I need a ride. And I just, I had convinced myself that no matter what happened next, it was me trying to quit. So I just, I kept walking and all of a sudden it backs up and he stops. And I start, I'm waving my arms and my poles and he just drives off. And I'm like, either that happened or or I'm going crazy. And it was, it was, hours and hours later that i heard in a conversation about my dad getting stuck in the middle of the desert Uh, with nobody around and he had to have some local pull him out of the ditch and he was stuck in the sand and that's where it was so i did i did see him i was was glad i was like i told those guys i was like man i thought for sure i was losing my shit but (laughs) apparently not
0: (laughs) and you would have probably thrown in the towel there had you talked to your dad right
1: yeah, well, I don't think he would have let me. I think okay. it would have turned into a pretty serious conversation. And in all honesty, it probably would have been a conversation that just went south. And yeah, I probably would end up quitting and blaming him and it would have been stupid, right? That's <laughs> that's what we do. But
0: yep, yep.
1: um, but yeah, I would have. And I and I still I even had my phone out at that point. It was really odd in my mind how I tried to convince myself that I knew I was trying to quit, but I wasn't gonna let myself.
0: So mm, yep.
1: <laughs> but yeah. Dude. Yeah, Did it, it go tough. up from
0: there at all, or was it just downhill from there to the finish?
1: No, it, it it was it was the rest of that day. Through black tank? There was a big climb up the power lines. My knee was swollen up. My Achilles felt like somebody was flicking it when I was stepping. I was trashed. Uh-huh. I and I had blisters, and I never get blisters. And when they were they started to hurt, and I was it wasn't the, it was all the stuff compounding it right. And I'm like, I got it got to a point that there was seventy. 70- miles left and I'm like 75 at this rate this is going to take 20 25 hours I said I'm walking and that's when that uh, we were we I'm trying to think I don't know the name of that ridge uh, we climbed up the power line just this great big climb up to a plateau going to cinder pit is what it was and that whole climb up in and, and that night was really tough I had never really caught up on my sleep. I'd gotten really hot during the day mm-hmm. and uh, my knee was killing me. Uh, I had blisters. I find it every reason in the world to quit. I remember Adam and I were walking and he goes, Oh my gosh, look at that. And the, the Sterling satellites is how it is called. Or oh, yeah. I, yeah. There's a, some, yeah, everybody else, everybody knew what they were except for me. And I looked up and I thought, This is how it happens. This is not. <laughs> the UFOs are
0: coming. Yeah. And then,
1: then. There was a herd of elk in the in the right next to us, running through the timber, and I'm thinking my mind was just and this was only hours after you know literally it was a hundred it felt like it was i I don't know if it was a hundred it, it was probably nineties right but it felt like it was a hundred degrees down at Black Tank and we're now we're up on the ridge and it's dark and it's maybe you know five or six hours later and just my whole, I, my body was pissed. I, <laughs> I wanted to sleep. I had walked around at one point looking for a rock, you know, to lay down. And I remember I said, that little rock looks good there. I told Adam I'm sleeping and I slept for about 20 minutes there. That was kind of a common theme. You know, I did that, you know, probably about we, I figured about five hours altogether. I slept. Wow. Um, but it was like five, 10 minutes at a time. I'd try an hour and I couldn't do it after about 20 I'd get up and got, I had to go. Um, but yeah, that night getting into Cinder Pit, we got to Cinder Pit. I slept there. We got in there at one. We got in there about one, and I think I left there almost four o'clock. And I had slept for a good hour and a half. I slept for an hour, and then snooze, and I got up there and I was, I was ready to roll. It was, really? uh, I was like, this is the last day. I said, we are doing this shit. I mean, we're nice. we're we're done. We got fifty miles. I think we had fifty, maybe it was some. It must have been close to that because I thought, you know what, we're we're we can do this. And I got out my knee felt better. My Achilles didn't hurt anymore. It was super yeah. cold, bundled all up. I'd never worn a down, a down. I ski in the shit that I was running in. Right. And I, wow. we left there with my down and a windbreaker and my mittens. And I was just laughing. I'm like, this is crazy because 12 <laughs> hours ago, I was so hot, right. so hot. I was <laughs> dying. I was seeing shit in the desert. You know, and here I am now in the mountains freezing. This is crazy. Wow. So, But it was, it was energizing. Right. And it's just, it's just the reality of, you know, one of those races is just like life bundled up into a week Uh, and the highs and lows and the swing, you know, where you are, the temperature, just managing that. Right. That's it. That's what makes that stuff. Awesome. I love it.
0: Yep. Yep. So were you able to really pick up, pick up the pace for that last 50 miles or were you just kind of on cruise mode or in, in, what what was the end like for you coming into the, I mean, at that point you decided, okay, we're going to finish this thing for sure. What was, and then what was the end like as well?
1: um, We, we ran pretty well from there for the rest of the, the rest of the time. I, uh, I played leapfrog with a couple guys going into be right before Flagstaff. Um, they had caught me coming up on the road and I can't remember what happened. Oh, that's because it had gone through the morning and we had left early morning and I had slept and all those, none of those guys had slept yet. Mm. They're all still trying to push on. Okay. And I think there's three of them that ended up sleeping and they're just kind of random spots and we had caught up to them. And there wasn't any more, I, I had felt that they're really the only climb left was going to be elton which was the great big climb at the end the rest mm-hmm. was like kind of railroad grade we had been in flagstaff my wife and i uh, with our son and i had ran some of those trails before so i knew they were pretty buffed out i, okay. I felt like from uh i'm trying i can't remember yeah from cinder pit on i, I felt like that stuff was really runnable so i'd at one point put some road shoes on uh, and just kind of had a groove and
0: mm.
1: i've it seems like at about a, you know, when you start getting, and this sounds really bad, but it feels like around 200 miles or like maybe 60 hours is where you kind of feel like you're stuck in a groove. And I think if you can continue to feel the machine and keep it focused on the task, I think, I I think that's where these guys get those big long FKTs and they can just go, go, you kind of get stuck in it. And it was a, it was that, the whole rest of it, we were running stuff. My pacer's like, he goes, you're insane. And I'm like, You just go, you just, you feel like you can't break, you know, that there's going to be damage. Right. (laughs) But, you know, just from experience, but you know, your feet don't hurt anymore. Stuff that hurt for days is gone. Um, and, and I, I chalk it up to that, that, you know, you, the, the, Hey, you know, you see the barn, you know, you're, you're done. And it's this, it may be 50 miles, but now it's tangible, right. You can wrap your mind around it. Um, and that helps. Yeah. For <laughs> so, sure. yeah um, it was how,
0: how sweet was that finish and compare it to some of your other two hundreds. I mean, it, it, all the highs and the lows you've been through. Um, what was, what was your emotions like at that finish?
1: Oh, it, it was, it was, yeah. well, I was super excited. My dad was still with me <laughs> because <laughs> he we had, I, I came in that last aid station um, not, not the last second, glass. it wasn't Eldon, but it was down in the flats. And I had seen, um, Trevor there who was right. He was right in front of me. And when I was getting ready to leave there, um, drew freeze. I think this is the name he rolled in. And I was, I was like, okay, shit, <laughs> you know, we're, we got like 20 miles left and I'm racing. I, I mean, this is, this is. I don't. It's, and then now my dad's going to jump in with the last twenty some miles. I'm thinking I I don't know that this is a good idea, right? Yeah. Because if I if I want to push or something happens, I don't want. You know, I want to be in my own space, right? And that's at least for me when I get to that point, And I just I just want to hunker down and just let's get this job done. And yeah. And he was all excited. We took off out of there, and he was you know, he, he was pumped and and I was super excited too. And we settled into a groove pretty quick. I I mean, within a couple miles he realized how hot it was. uh, and he, he knew what kind of pace I was going to go, which kind of fit his. And we just, we grounded out. We did good. We, we pushed through there really well. And when we got to the bottom of Eldon, uh, we had seen Kyle Curtin, he was coming down. Uh, and he's like, oh, it's a mile and a half or so to the top. And I'm like, told my dad, so this is a, this is a Pisca summit, which is a local hill that we run here that, you know, does like 1500 feet of climbing. And, uh, so I said, that's a piece of cake, you know, 20, 20, 20, 30 minutes. We're up and we're up. And it was pretty funny because I, it's one of those moments we felt like we were climbing like goats. I, I mean, and it took us probably like an hour. I, I mean, it was, it was slow. Yeah. But in the moment, even after, shortly after, we were both like, man, we really were hammering up that thing. You know, we were killing it, you know, and yeah. we weren't. <laughs> we, weren't <at> all. <laughs> but we, got, we got really lucky because when we hit the base of the mountain, the sh- the, literally the sun set behind it. So we had all shade the whole way up. And there was wind because the thermals had shifted on the backside, right? You're up high enough that you got this blast of wind up out of the valley mm-hmm that was pretty, you know, pretty cool. I mean, it felt good. So we had yeah. shade, we had cool air going up that we got to the top of it. Um, Dad was he- holding on. he never let me down. He, he was always right there and we got to the top and the wind was really blowing. It was ripping, ripping through this draw. Uh, he and I had, uh, had done some ashes there. That was the uh, another spot that I had, had done him and kind of let the wind take him. And that was literally about a, a few hundred feet below the aid station at Eldon, um so we had done the ashes and then he scurried up to the aid station and i said how far's Trevor? you know where's trevor and they're like he left like a minute ago and i'm like oh i just want to see him i don't want to pass him at this point i just want to see the dude right <laughs> i want him to know i'm right behind him <laughs> but we got to kind of watch maggie finishing there which was super cool because so here we're at the aid station Last aid station in the race, yeah, it sucked to watch, you know, somebody finishing and I have eight miles to go, but it was pretty neat to watch her, uh, start to come across the finish line. They had some drone footage and stuff. You could see her on the screens they had there. So that was pretty oh, neat to, cool. to be able to see, but then it was all downhill, right? It was uh wow. dad hung on well, man, we, we came through town and I, I told him we were running up this last section of, I'll tell you what, the whole way aid station, aid stations are hilarious. You know, and and I ran aid stations, and I've been part of them. And then anytime you ask them, "Hey, how far is it?" That's just like they should just post that shit up, right? Put a sign up, right? Very clear for everybody because they don't know. He's like, "Oh, you yeah, you just run <laughs> down this, you hit the pavement, you're done." No, son, <laughs> it's it's miles. <laughs> yeah. And we we were flying, we were running, we were actually we were running pretty fast, and we hit this grade, and I could see the top of the road to a streetlight and we were running hard up. And I told my dad, I said, do not quit on me now. I said, keep pushing. He's back there. Just huffing and puffing. And he stayed hot on my tails the whole way down. And we were, it was pretty cool. And I, that point to point stuff, I love, I love the, yep. you know, it's just to go all the way from black Canyon city to Flagstaff. Now you're like in the city and you're like running right down into town and people are hollering. There's like some moving trucks and, there's all kinds of stuff going on, but it was, that was super neat. Uh, that was a, that was a nice touch. And, um, it was, yeah, it was a blast. It was to be able to do that with my dad and have friends there support me that I, you know, I never trusted anybody before to do that. You know, when I did Tahoe those years, it was, was with my dad and buddy, uh, and they just kind of sat back. So that, that was a very different experience for me. Um, you know, they had lost a friend during that time. So there there's definitely an emotional moment for all of us. Um so it was yeah, it was it was good, man. It was, it was it was really really well put together race. Uh you know, everybody's got complaints about that type of stuff. Coulda, shoulda, woulda. Uh you know, they always want to compare it to someone else's. But in the end, that was exactly what I that's how I script trail running. That's yeah. you know, that t- that type of journey. So
0: yeah. yeah. Wow, man. And it had to have been really special, just crossing the finish line with your dad there too. Him pacing you the last twenty miles. I mean, that's it. it sounds really special, man.
1: Oh yeah, We're, yeah. Coming down the trail at the last part, I just kind of would laugh to myself, and you know, at that point, you know, you, you know, you're not gonna, you're not broken, and you're gonna finish this thing. And it was yeah. getting darker. Is this? You know, we had a p- couple good moments going up Eldon, talking about raising kids and what that looks like, and grandkids, and. Yeah, it's always good. Wow. It's always good. Wow. It's always, I'm, a, I'm super thankful to be able to k- do any miles with my dad, but to do something like that at the, you know, at the end of a journey that long and to share that with him in those moments, yeah, you, it doesn't get much better than that, right?
0: That's huge. You're going to remember it forever, you know? Yep. Um, you mentioned scattering ashes um, at a couple different spots in the race. Have you done that in any other races before? I know you've been scattering ashes at, at different locations around the country.
1: Um, you know, yeah, I mean, I carry them at all. I, I, I always have them. I always carry them in it, but I don't always, it's a, you know, there's a, there's a time and a place for it. I'm going to say a lot of races, uh, you know, I'm trying to think Tahoe, I did once. Tahoe, I only did it once. I did it at a hundred miles. Oh, I did an Armstrong pass. I did it there. And then at the finish, I did it in the, actually in the lake the next day um but yeah it just kind of depends you know just uh yeah there's a moment for it for sure um and i share them uh you know i I shared some with uh the guys who helped me uh during during the uh during the race adam and jared i i sent them home with some ashes i said you know there was i wanted to do it with them you know you don't want to you know you like I said, there has to be a moment. Ben Light saved my life, I felt like. So when we were coming down off a of Crown King, I'd stop and shirts, gave him some. I said, man, I just want you to have these. And, you know, and him stopping his race, you know, early on to give, you know, lend me his duct tape and super glue to fix my mess when he could have just laughed and Dot oh whatever he'll figure it out right and, and he waited with me and and then uh, at the actually we got to crown king his wife had given me one of his bladders he'd called ahead and said hey give taylor a bladder so he's got mm-hmm. something and guys don't have to do that stuff mm-hmm. um and you know ben's been a good guy through kogala and and mm-hmm. and doing stuff to help me that way and it was a good moment he was walking he was coming downhill and i think shortly after that he dropped he had had some uh, an injury that had happened. And I didn't even realize it in the moment. I just saw him and thought, Hey, I said, man, I really want to share this with you. I know it's kind of weird, but here's some ashes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just kind of, just kind of depends. Wow. Just so I don't know the,
0: yeah. Just wait for the moment to to kind of call your name.
1: Well, you know, and I don't know that I've ever, I don't think I've ever done it with my dad now that, uh, that I really, I, that I think about it. I don't think that my, I know that we've never done it in that type of setting. So, yeah. um, that, that's, I knew it was super special in the moment. And, um, and I know he, he did too. And I, I like to say it means more now thinking back on that, but it was so awesome. Right. He's sure. a good, yeah.
0: God, it just sounds like, you know, just like 86 hours of special moments, you know? i mean <laughs> well it is
1: man it is and that's and it, it's i told myself i wasn't going to do another 200 till i was 45 because it's like it's a lot to process and it's a lot to ask of your family and your friends and your work and all these yeah. people are supporting you i mean i yeah. had i had thousands of people even uh, through my work setting that were following us for uh, yeah. some health and wellness stuff that we're doing we mm-hmm. did a life tracker and we were doing a step challenge if people could beat me in the step challenge a day, you know, there was a reward, you know, people are watching and you start to, uh, you start to realize the amount of people that, um, you know, want to support you uh, or who are looking to be, you know, motivated by what you're doing. And yeah, I mean, we're awfully lucky to be able to do that stuff. Um, and I, I'm super grateful and super thankful that I'm able to, to finish those things, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. um, explain to me what it's like to like work a full-time job. I mean, I, I work full-time job as well, and I'm taking vacation time to go do these races. And if I want to go do a big weekend out in the mountains, somewhere oh, man, off work on Friday, pack up the van, drive there. <laughs> you're just yeah. exhausted the whole time. Yeah. Is that, is that what it's like for you?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it never changes, you know, it's like, uh, my wife and I, it was, it was funny, the weekend after Coca Donuts, she was like, oh, we're going to the mountains. I'm like, say what? She goes, we're going to hike into Fawn Lake. I said, it's like four miles, and it's like uphill, <laughs> and there might be snow. She's like, yeah, yeah, we're going to go up there and just relax, and I'm like, ah, okay. You know, and it, until, you know, a lot of people, that that is hard, and it was hard because it was shortly after something, but man, you get up there in that night's sleep and waking up that cold air, I... I don't know what's better than that. Um, yeah. So that's where we, we try to get from. We're the same way the van. I mean, the last year I've worked from home, literally okay. it, I mean, our van is 2018 we've had it two and a half years and it's got 63,000 miles on it. Nice. And I, I mean, I work from home. So yeah. I mean, we're, we drive a lot, <laughs> Yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's the same. We're, we're wide open. Uh, if we get a chance, we're out the door, get home Sunday night, shower, house is clean leave the van, bring in a bag with the clothes, shower, get ready, go to work the next day, do it again.
0: So Uh, uh, Same here, man. I mean, I can't tell you how many Mondays I've strolled into work, just like exhausted. And people are looking at me like rough weekend. And I'm like, dude, you have no idea. (laughs) Like,
1: no, yeah, it's the same. And I, you know, I've done the whole, I used to wake up super early and put miles in, um, put miles in at lunch, put them in after work late at night. You know, it's, um, it's bounced all around. And my biggest thing is I've always wanted to be able to do it. So my family didn't think that's what I was always doing. Mm. Right. So they'd be gone. If they're at school work. That's when I've or sleep. I've always tried to put miles in and it used to be that way on the weekends. I'd get up at one o'clock in the morning to drive up to the mountain to be there at three to you know so i could be home at 10 o'clock to go to a soccer game because i was the coach (laughs) i mean that's yeah now i feel lazy because we only have the the one little one there's really no sport so it's like you got a lot more time you know but still you just load it up with more stuff to do so
0: it's it's still it's it's another level, man. Like some of these professional athletes, that's their job, and I I sort of envy that from time to time. But
1: <sighs> no way,
0: <laughs> no, no. <laughs>
1: no I, I I told my wife, I said, you know, I, I yeah, even running, you know, I I know there's guys that have some help doing that, but I man, I I like a full time job. You know, no I I I kind of want to work for the guy. Yeah. <laughs> but. Yeah. I couldn't imagine trying to balance, uh, you know, being a professional athlete and, you know, or hustling, you know, to, you know, a lot of guys are good at that. They can make yeah. ends. They make a good living doing it. I just, mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not motivated that way, I guess. Or, Mm-mm.
0: Yeah. So you like the security of a job or is it, is it having something to do and having structure all the time?
1: I think it's, I think it's the structure piece. I mean, okay. I I would love to say, uh, yeah. I mean, the big scheme of things is being a human and knowing myself as an adult, you know, and mm-hmm. my own flaws, what I need is that structure. Got um, I, I, need to know that, um, I'm accountable, you know, somebody, somebody needs me there. They need me at work. They need me to do this, need me to do that. Yeah. I'm your guy that I need, okay. I need that.
0: Okay. I mean, okay.
1: not that I'd sit around and eat McDonald's and get fat if I did, but, but I need that structure. Absolutely.
0: Yep. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, Tell me your history with, uh, I know that you quit drinking a while back and I did as well. So I think that's something we have in common. So I'm interested in in that version or that part of your story. Um, yes. and, and like, were you drinking and running at the same time? Because you've been running ultras for quite a while.
1: Yeah, I actually, um, yeah, I was, I was drinking and running. I, I literally would go for a 13, 15 mile run and I'd swing by Serve you market and I would pound wine in the parking lot and I'd run home. Um <laughs> yeah, I had a serious drinking problem. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, I know, yeah. Wine. Yeah, it didn't matter what it was. But yeah, and I and that's a funny one too, because I think we I mean I justified a lot of the drinking because that's if you go to a race, you know, you get some beers, you know, there's beer there, you know, fire you know big pizza beer it's like, yeah it's a scene it's it, and yeah. that's cool and I but I just I just everything I do I overdo I yeah. wish I could say that I don't but I absolutely do I will <laughs> I mean yeah it doesn't matter what it is I could grow a beard I'll grow it long right it's like you <laughs> want to go for a run I'll run longer yeah um, yeah you want to do some drinking <laughs> I'm good at that too well I think I am but you know what I mean And I that was uh it was I was doing it. it was a 50 miler, uh, Cisco out and back. I just had a, I'd finished the race. My family was actually not even at the finish line. Cause I finished an hour sooner than they thought I would. And we were sitting up at the camper and I was drinking some beers and uh, our oldest son just kind of, he, he looked at me and I knew, you know, I'm drunk and he knows it. I'm an idiot. You know? And mm-hmm. it was just, it was one of those moments that I just had to really reel back and figure out, you know, what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for. right so here's your family there to support you and here here i am doing what i want to do being selfish Mm -hmm. and now i'm sitting here drinking in front of my kids Mm -hmm. and and like celebrating my own it just it didn't fit the moment right It's that that's there's a time and place for that stuff and i wasn't good at that so Mm -hmm. that was kind of the beginning of that but my problem was beyond that was i'd uh i'd had a back surgery already And I had been eating pills, um, not 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 recklessly, but you know, I was I was taking what I was prescribed, and uh, I, uh, which was more than it should have been, anyways. But um, and I was drinking, so when I had initially kind of first quit drinking, you know, I just I kind of rolled to the rolled to the pills, you know, it was it was easy. Um, Just cut way back on the drinking. I ended up quit drinking, but I was. I was eating the pills. And then that's when, uh, the, you know, the, the second back circuit, sur- and mean, there was a time there that, uh, that I had completely broke. I mean, that was, I'd posted something today and I had, you know, you kind of put that stuff far back in your memory. I've said it on podcasts before I've mentioned it in posts, but I, I, mean, I'm sitting at the doctor's office trying to get my, my, uh, dilated pills filled. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, and I'm sitting there and I, yeah i don't even know how long i'd had them i probably not long um you know and blew through them they i'd called, they went they weren't going to fill them and i said like, well i'll come see the doctor so mm. i get down there and i i'm sitting in the doctor's office and uh and and i see what what i think is the doctor's pickup and the dude's leaving and and he and they left me there oh. um and i i was like what well, i called he was on call and he, he says, he's all, you're just going to get sick. You're just going to get sick. He's hoping you're going to be okay. And that was a couple days. It took me a couple days to tell my wife, you know, cause nobody really knew we ended up going to a treatment center. I sat at the treatment center. They said it was going to be $12,000. And I got lost in my shit. My dad had gone to a treatment center for drinking. And now here I am with this, you know, they're look, want this money and I I don't have it. I mean, I, I don't have that. And, um, we just decided that we would um, just give me some space and see what happened. Okay. Um, so I, it was six days or so. I mean, a couple of days were really bad. A few days were gross. And, and then it started to turn. And I just, you, know, you realize that, you know, without your family, without your circle, that you're nobody. <laughs> so you're just another body on the street, right? So um, that was when uh, the pill part, Hid had stopped, you know, and I was I was done with it. Um and I was burned out on it. I mean, I yeah. I never went looking for hard drugs, you know, I but and I wasn't doing anything weird with the pills. I was just taking a lot of them. Um and I was convincing the doctor to give them to me. And it's uh yeah, and it's just and the thing I remember is I nobody ever said you're gonna take these and have a problem. And that was the thing I really banked on, you know, for a long time. It really pissed me off because I didn't realize how addicted I would get when I started to kind of self medicate with them. I mean, when I was taking them before my first back surgery, it didn't seem like, I mean, I, I, it never felt like it was a vice until, until I had given up something else and me, being me overdid it. And then I realized, you know, Holy shit, I'm just out of control.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, that was tough. That, that was tough. And I, and then, you know, and then after that, it was a, had another back surgery. So I'd sobered up, nothing, nothing, have another back surgery. I was terrified. Um, I did not want to take anything. I took Tylenol. Hmm. Um, The doctor said I was crazy. You got to take this stuff. I think at one point I took like a half a Vicodin. I think it was something like that, but I I didn't want anything to do with that shit. I said, Mm -hmm. I'll just deal with it. (laughs) You know, and at that point, honestly I'd been running enough that I had worked through some other glitches I had an Achilles that ruptured. I'd had other stuff, uh, you know, that had worked up that, you know, there's kind of a, there's kind of a, I don't want to say a comfort that comes with the pain, but you, you get a gauge, right. You realize what's actually broken or what really hurts or what you think might heal. And then I, I kind of, I looked for that discomfort a little bit in my back because that was my gauge because I was going to run again I mean, I was going to do all the same shit. And if I, if I knew I did a little tweak and it hurt, I didn't want that to be masked. I did. I wanted to know right away that that is not good. Um, and it was hard at night doing that stuff. But once I got active and started moving again, um, I was good. And I was back running um, about two and a half weeks after my second back surgery. Wow. wow. So, and yeah, and I didn't take anything for that one and just kind of went about my business. And I uh, um, just, you know, physical therapy, all the normal stuff. And yeah. We had that, you know, life part happen, and then we, lost my job after 20 years and and we lost our son and it was then we were had to move it was like all these pieces it's just crazy how how you know perspective can change things right um and i had sobered up right and and that was my only thing that i had i knew what it felt like and how shitty i could feel and i had to take something to do that everything else was just gonna pass Mm. like i tell my kids all the time even when you don't think it's gonna work out a lot of the times it does <laughs> mm. so sometimes we don't even want it to work out it does so yeah it's just uh but yeah stay sober through all that And I I feel like I've just grown up a lot in that direction and um I know guys go about that stuff differently and I uh, but my big thing was the yeah just eat pills that was yeah, yeah. That Was that was an easy one
0: Well, your story is similar to mine, you know, like I gave up drinking on my own, no program or anything like that. And then I just relied on other stuff. Like all of a sudden I started smoking weed more than ever. And I had this prescription of pills from the doctor and same thing. I started over medicating and it's like the the addiction was, it was just a transfer of addiction. And I just started using this other stuff until that got out of control. Um, How long have you been sober now?
1: Oh gosh. Um, so I haven't drank, I think it's seven years, seven or eight years. Nice. Cause I Paxton, Paxton is 12. Yeah. I was, So I, I'm horrible at this part. Um, I know buddies boy, they know the day that they yeah. quit and I, yeah. and I never saw it that way. You know, I, my dad, so my dad's recovered too, right. We're in recovery and he's the same way. Uh, he knows how long it's been just because he knows the the date, but he and I have talked a lot about how you know that's something you want to forget. I, I don't want to right. ever remember that what day it was that I quit something. Or, right. Right. Or what that what that was. So mm. oh, you're still there, my phone blinked. Yep, I'm good. Um so I yeah, PAX is 12. I remember the first year was my first back surgery with him. I remember the first year I couldn't pick him up. So it must be about must be about seven or eight years.
0: Okay. All
1: I'm right. gonna say seven seven years that I've been yeah i haven't drank and then yeah the pills have been shortly after that if i go look but i good for you man yeah i just yeah I, I still envy those guys and sit down and have a beer with dinner or, um yeah that's yeah I, I wish i could but i know i can't so and yeah. that's okay I, i'm good yeah. with that
0: totally totally <laughs> so, yeah yeah root,
1: root, root beer we drink i drink a lot of root beer i'd go to the boys we do Fast food Fridays. Me and the boys would get cheeseburgers. Me and my sons would get cheeseburgers, and then get different root beers in different places through town. And then I realized a lot of pubs and whatnot have good root beers. Yep. Um, so that 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 was the thing for a while. And then I was just like, you know, it's just it's not my scene anymore. Yeah. I just yeah, it, it didn't fit, and I don't have time for it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, no program or anything like that. Were you ever thinking about going to AA or anything like that, or it just wasn't even a thought for you?
1: No, I'd went to a meeting with a friend and it just, it just felt weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I remembered uh, not a meeting I went to with my dad, but I remember when my dad was in uh, in the treatment center, uh, we had all sat in there and had said something special about him or whatnot. And it felt like that. And And I didn't want to be that. Right. Mm-hmm. I was, I just, it was just, it was just weird. It didn't fit. Spiritually it was different for me. The one that I had gone to and I, was it just wasn't a good fit for me at the time of my life yeah. um right now honestly that's probably where i'd lean to yeah. uh be it, you know where i you know just experience now something had happened i'd probably go go with a group i'd lean on a group of group of dudes and a group of people mm-hmm. that have more experience than me th- with it
0: for sure but, um and your son passed away while you were sober
1: yeah that was just about three years ago
0: dude that's rough. I mean,
1: yeah.
0: um, I don't have kids. I had a good buddy of mine that passed away like right after I had quit drinking. So, um, and I'm sorry for your loss. It's completely tragic and horrible, but, but on the flip side, like sort of living through that and staying sober gives you a new confidence about your sobriety.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's like, yeah. I mean, you want to, I, I, I tell people this all that this is probably the, the biggest thing I when you're out on the trail and you're hurting there's there's an emotional i have felt emotional loss and that gut ache that worry in your in your soul that is way way worse than feeling sorry for yourself on the side of a freaking trail right right? and i can you know or having your heart broken right you know some dudes you know that's just that is loss Mm -hmm. Uh, and that is something in the moment that stuff and it just sits with you for your whole life Mm -hmm. um and and honestly yeah during those big events i got to a tattoo on my back on my shoulder and it's it's donovan's hand pushing me you know and it's don't be a pussy you know just keep moving and it's his actual handprints tattooed my wife has one on her other shoulder like he's hugging her but it's oh, him wow. pushing me from behind because you know who else is going to do it right so
0: wow, wow. yeah that's incredible yeah. man um well, congrats on, on the sobriety. And it's incredible how many people in the ultra running world come from, you know, backgrounds of addiction or backgrounds of trauma, heartbreak, loss, grief. Um, and, and you're right. Once you go through that stuff and you've been through that darkness, like the dark night of the soul or the dark year of the soul, yeah. you know, then you jump into an ultra marathon. It's like, <laughs> I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's certainly not as hard
1: yeah it just it doesn't it for me it doesn't mentally or emotionally take me to that place where i feel broken yeah. i feel like i'm just alive right physically you feel so strong and mentally you're focused um I eyes yeah it's just weird it's super weird and it's almost it's probably to a point probably not even that healthy honestly it's probably partially that we're testing ourselves i i feel like part of that is how focused can i stay and how messed up am i right and yeah. i Yeah. I'm sure there's some truth to that, but you know, it's socially acceptable and I'm not hurting anybody.
0: (laughs) Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah, That's the thing. Like torturing yourself on the trail for 250 miles is more socially acceptable than, uh, you know, going on a bender for, for, uh, 86 hours, you know,
1: right. Your family finds you in the ditch somewhere all (laughs) drunk and passed out. You know here they actually help you up and tell you to keep going
0: totally. <laughs> isn't it crazy
1: oh my dad! my dad and i yeah we we have had some pretty dark conversations about how messed up we think it is it's pretty funny because <laughs> there's reality to it I, yeah. I mean i i know we all want to say ah for whatever reason you know you, you know the drill it's it's a test so we, and yeah. we're just testing ourselves in however whatever way we can find right
0: totally totally yeah. i mean in a way, it's probably a transfer of addictions, but you know, it's like, this is so much healthier for me and, and like oh, it's more socially acceptable and, too. And, and yeah, it's, it's oh, if it's a transfer of addictions, then, then I'll take this addiction any day, you know, it's like,
1: no, I, yeah, man, I was, too, I was a couple hundred pounds drinking 18 pack of Keystone night. I mean, we were we were ordering Dominoes every night. I mean, that was a normal thing, you know. Watching football on the big screen. I mean, I had the four wheel drive. We're trailing our shit to Tahoe every year to run the Rubicon Trail. You know, we were, you know, that we we lived that. You know, had the boat. You know, got the camper. You know, that was that was fun. And we had a lot of fun growing up. Uh, but man, I I can't. My life is just in a different place now, um, and just. It's it's a lot easier and it's a lot less expensive where I'm at now. Totally. <laughs> so, and, uh, but yeah, less less stuff, but well, yeah. Good no.
0: on you, man. Good on you. Stay on the path. I mean, um it's it's a tough path sometimes, but it's so so worth it, you know. Like oh yeah. I think back to where I was a few years ago, and I just think, God, I'm just in such a better head place than than I was when I was hiding in my room, hiding my drinking problem from my roommates at the time. And yeah, oh, I don't man, miss those days.
1: I remember my wife. Wa- my wife going, "Are you okay? Oh, I'm just really tired. Yeah, I was wasted. I was wasted. Right. right. I would. I drink Rock Stars or Red Bulls because I knew they smelled so. This they're the smell was so strong off him. she probably wouldn't be able to really tell if I had been drinking as well. That was my theory. At least she never said anything. Right. So it was like, I thought I was doing pretty good, but yeah, I was a joke, man. I hid it from, I thought I was hiding it from everybody. And I was drinking in my vehicle. Like it was my living room. I was right. doing it everywhere. Yeah. 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 Totally reckless.
0: Yeah. Same here, dude. I can relate. Yeah. Um, so- what's next for you, man? You got any more races on the calendar?
1: Yeah, sure, sure thing yeah <laughs> I, uh, I got i got squat squat peak 50 in a couple weeks uh that's uh provo utah that's it i went through and I, I pick every year i try to do kind of older races i always want to do some classic okay um so there, there's some here locally donald force is an old one i um that i always try to do but i yeah this so squat peak is in uh provo 50 miler i hope i do i ran that one last year so, um so i i hope i can get on i want to do under nine hours i think i can uh there that's a good one that's a there's like 350 runners it's it's mm. pretty busy and uh not a lot of guys from oregon show up to that one it's just a lot of utah people and it's uh it's fun it's it's like my other family it seems like cool uh that and then Siskiyou out back in july 100k and then cascade crest 100 and eastern washington that's right. my that's my big one for the nice. year. I think I, I really want to do well in a mountain hundred. I I haven't really done many mountain hundreds. Okay. Um, I've done one, uh, I've done the bear. That was my first hundred. Uh, and I I've done, uh, you know, some hundreds, but not in the mountains. And I really want to, uh, do one, do one quick. Okay, um, so that's what I'm gunning for.
0: So, wow. so the 250 mile race is like a practice race for the for the the A race was which is a hundred mile race.
1: Well, either I'm gonna be really fit or hurt. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, well, Cocodona was never planned. That was never the plan. My the rest of my schedule is pretty laid up because from COVID, everything kind of got rolled over. So I was like, Well, this works perfect. I literally last year was awesome. I mean, I we were doing big runs all over. There was really no pressure and nobody expect, you know, and it was really good for me to get that break. Um, because we schedule a lot of our vacations and stuff around rate right, around races. Yep. Yep. I mean, we'll go to, we'll go to Utah for a week and do a race, you know, and mm-hmm. the family or do that whole thing. So without that, it was just, it's just a different feel. So then this year they rolled everything over and I'm like, well, I guess this is the time. And then coconut, I couldn't pass up. The more I kept reading about it, I just, yeah, I talked to the race directors and Jamil and those guys. I'm like, yeah, I got to get in on this thing. I don't want to, I don't want to not have done it. So,
0: yeah, yeah. well, it, yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so I'm doing my. I've done a bunch of hundreds in the past. I'm doing my first 200 this year. Do you have any advice for me? Do you have any tips, tricks, anything you got for me? I'll take anything.
1: So, yeah. I'll, um there's a sleep strategy and, and i and i think um so what i've done i did it at tahoe 2 years and then i i basically i did the same thing here um 100k and it's 100k at a time so find your 100k goal right okay. whatever your 100 you know whatever you think your finish time is going to be um, you know take your 100k reasonable goal mm-hmm. and what i did is for every hour i came in under my 100k goal i slept okay So inevitably what everybody does in the first hundred K you're going to be hauling ass. Everybody goes out too fast. Right. So I just started self-checking myself at 50 K at 50 miles. And if I was, if I was 15, 20 minutes ahead of time, you know what sitting down for a minute in the shade rather than pushing it in the sun, that's going to pay off way more than trying to get there when you think you need to get there um and the other thing for me is i can never i i'm not very successful at sleeping in aid stations there's too much hustle and bustle it's too loud i'd rather push myself onto the trail you get to the point that you know you gotta you gotta do something um you know just have a puffy or something get comfortable and and lay down for you know five minutes Mm -hmm. um not not longer I, i don't think you really need to do longer because then Cam and my brother and I realized at Bigfoot that if you lay down, it is 40 degrees and you lay down for like a half an hour, you'll wake up frozen. And we were both, we were like helping each other zip our coats, shaking, you know, it's like (laughs) you'll wake up and you get so tired that your sugar levels drop so far. You're just physically, you know, you're cold because of temp that you can't get warm. It's terrible. That was terrifying. Um, But yeah, I, I, I think sleep strategy is a big one and finding a way you can sleep. Um, and going in super super rested if you can so we talk about being busy um honestly the the week of cocodona i was getting anywhere from 12 to maybe 14 15 hours of sleep a night nice so i wanted to go into cocodona literally like i don't think i can sleep i mean i could stay there for days mm. i did that at tahoe and uh there and i think that was feeling just super super rested okay yeah. And realize that you're not going to, those I mean, realistically looking at even the guys that came out in front of me, I was probably doing more miles a week consistently than they were.
0: Really, You know,
1: some of those guys are doing 40 miles a week. I wow. think that's the other piece is to fill, you know, to maintain that energy and not be tired going into it, not being worn down. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a sucker. I'll do long runs right before that stuff. And I, I did pretty good on this one. Um, and I still felt like I could have been even more rested and i had a I had a pretty light couple of weeks going into it, okay, but
0: so yeah, your taper wasn't super extreme you you said you were running long runs right into it
1: yeah, um a few weeks out we went we were in Arizona, and I did had like a hundred and twenty mile week I Dang. think that was yeah, then I think I did like a. I think I did a hundred and twenty seventy fifty and then the race
0: okay, okay.
1: Wow. Yeah. And then I went and then I went like a, a 50 mile week. And then last week was like a 70 mile week. Okay. So wow. trying to get back. I want to get back to my, my 70, 80. If I can get back there consistently and it fits my life balance, I can fill out where I feel, see where I feel physically. Right. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm not yeah. keeping track of time or any of my stuff right now. I'm just getting out and trying to put the miles in and feeling it, making sure I feel good. And and just getting the time balance back because that's yeah. that's a big thing for me. Yeah. So, so you're
0: typically a high mileage guy.
1: um It's taken me ten years of doing ultras to get to seventy or eighty miles a week and not be hurt. Okay, okay, and okay. I'd say about ten miles a year it's taken me to gain that. I mean, I in the past there was times I'd done ninety miles a couple weeks, I'd get hurt. Yep. I mean, you can look look at my Strava and. I can, I can tell you exactly what you can look at it plain as day. Oh, he's doing good. Boom. And then there'd be like, Oh, you tried to come back same thing with overtraining syndrome, whatever, that type same deal. I mean, I've had my blood checked. I've been through all these tests. I've had my theories. Um, you know, you just no energy. I can't get going everything hurts. You know, after an hour I'm toast. I can't run anymore. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've seen that. That's that shit's real. It sucks. Yeah. Um, but, you know, learning to say, uh, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and put all my running shit away. I'll put all my pictures away. I put my running shoes in the closet. Um, I keep all my running stuff out of sight. Usually it takes a couple of days. Things oh. feel better. And also okay. you get that urge back. I kind of want to go for a run, oh. you know, and I, um, yeah, but I, yeah, I, yeah, there's been huge struggles on that stuff, but that's, I think we all kind of go up and down through that, right?
0: Yeah, for sure. That's that addictive personality right there.
1: Absolutely. <laughs> i can still do this (laughs) totally i know (laughs) everybody's telling you you shouldn't yeah you're right but
0: you're probably right but yeah yeah no i've been there man dude what
1: what what 200 are you doing what do you got what is it um the sangre
0: sangre de cristo 200 here in colorado okay So it's one of the smaller, it's not one of the big two hundreds, but yeah, it's legit. A lot of climbing, uh, you know, 40 some thousand feet. Um, Yeah. It's going to be a good one. And uh, yeah, like I said, I've done a bunch of hundreds before, so I pretty much know the drill, but yeah. Two hundreds, just slower. Like you said, sleep strategy, Um, you know, and I'll have good crew out there and uh, should be good. Should be good.
1: Yeah. Sleep. I think, I think the sleep deprivation is the piece that, it gets people. And I think people go too long and then you can't recover. I, I did Moab. We got to like 60 some hours and I was, I was lost. I was completely shot. I couldn't, I couldn't read Nathan on my brother's pack. Um, and after it took me, it took me a month to be normal. I mean, mentally, yeah. physically, I was sweating at night. I was oh. a wreck.
0: Oh, no. But thanks.
1: Then, yeah. Then Tahoe, the second one, I had the sleep strategy. I did the 15 hours. And then the next year I did the same thing, but I did on 12 hours for 50 milers. And then I was going to sleep everything under that, which I was close to. And I had about five or six hours of sleep. And then I had about five or six hours at Coconon and and felt pretty good. But Moab, that was like an hour and a half over almost 80 hours. Um, And and I was, I was wrecked, wrecked. And I reading guys reports and kind of knowing who they are and been, I've been around a lot of these guys now quite, quite a few times. And, Knowing their patterns, I you see that a lot. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if that would be if you can figure out a sleep strategy, some people can't do it. I can. I can drink coffee all day long and yeah, lay same. down and take a nap.
0: Same here. So,
1: well, yeah, dude. Then you get you got an upper hand there. <laughs> That's because I'm I'm the same. I I could I was drinking Mountain Dew and Tailwind in both my front bottles, and I could still just lay down and I was out. Um, especially when you're that tired. Have you slept in a hundred? Have you ever tried to, or have you before
0: I did once I laid down and took a trail nap just because I was feeling wonky for some reason. And, but I only did it once uh, just just one time. So, but I don't think falling asleep is going to be a big problem. Are you mostly taking trail naps or are you jumping in the van and taking an hour or two here and there?
1: This, this was the first time I've ever been in the van. I've never done that before. Otherwise, even a hundred milers, mean i've done um yeah i even slept at elkhorn crest 50 miler i was like second place there i slept probably 20 minutes i uh Mm. it got at altitude uh and heat i i do not do good um and i slow down quick and things go south and i i've learned that i gotta i gotta reset but it only takes a couple minutes two three minutes sometimes it's just sitting down enough to kind of catch my breath and cool down and Mm. and go again And, and maybe it isn't sleeping but Setting the timer i'd always roll up to the next five minutes okay um, so yeah have, yeah that's good you can do that because some people i i there was guys in the race they were there they on their second day staggering down the trust how are you doing man? oh man i said have you slept no no i'm like yeah there's no way I, yeah. I don't i don't know that a human can really stay awake for 60 plus hours straight i mean i think we have all said we thought we've done it but i don't think we really have i
0: nah. think,
1: think there's some real human boundaries (laughs) (laughs) for sure yeah i um because micro naps and that stuff is all real too right i think that um but yeah yeah
0: awesome that's exciting when is that one uh september okay so i still have a couple months but uh yeah i'm looking forward to it man it's gonna be awesome so and i'm sure it'll just be the first of many you know you know how it goes you just like, oh, what's the next one?
1: I said I said I would never ever do Moab again. And within days of doing coca I'm like, I, I think I got some uh redemption. I and I might need to go back to Moab and uh <laughs> see if I can't knock some time off that time I did there because it doesn't it doesn't seem that far anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Uh short short-term memory loss, man. That's oh, that's dude. what it is. Too much running, too much running,
0: right. Uh, Taylor, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time to do this. This has been fantastic. And, uh, thanks for the tips. They're, they're clutch. I hope they help. Um, Yeah, I'll have to report back to you and let let you know how it went.
1: Yeah, I do. No, I, uh, that's exciting. I, um, so that's in September that's up high then too, right? That race must be.
0: For sure. I think it averages like 10 or maybe nine, but. Is it
1: late September?
0: uh middle of september i believe Ooh,
1: so the the leaves are probably just money probably. leaves are going to be changing yeah, changing yep. yeah cool. it's going to be beautiful
0: okay. but yeah. you know the flip side of that is a, a lot of the leaves are falling and so there's some of the trails covered so there's a the possibility of of losing the trail from time to time but yeah yeah
1: it's all part of it man it's that's the journey it, yeah exactly there's no, there's no good map in life son you've got to keep <laughs> keep your head up keep it on a swivel and keep moving
0: <laughs> uh, I love it, dude. Yeah. Should, I don't think we could close this podcast with anything better than that. That's it, right
1: there. Fair, fair.
0: <laughs> Taylor Spike, you're a savage, dude. Keep doing what you're doing, man. I'm gonna keep an eye on you, and uh, I can't wait to see what's in your future, man. Uh, I love it.
1: Yeah, no, I appreciate the conversation, man. It was a lot of fun.
0: Absolutely, stay in touch, man. Uh, yeah. We'll have to do this again sometime. But uh, keep it up, man. You're awesome.
1: Thanks, man. YouTube, appreciate cool, you. Yeah. Take care. Right. Bye bye.
0: My man, Taylor Spike, keep your head in a swivel and do big things. That's sound advice right there. This podcast is brought to you by Big Things Crewing. Uh, Hit us up, you guys, if you're thinking about running an ultramarathon, you need a coach, you need crew, you need pacers, hit us up. Uh, We offer help with all of it. We offer coaching programs and training plans. Uh, We'll come out and we'll pace your ultramarathon. We're going to be at a bunch of races this year, pacing all kinds of people. And we got a lot of big things in the future. So uh, big things coming up. Uh, Look us up, big-things-crewing.com. We'd love to help you guys. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to this podcast so that you're notified when a new episode drops. If you like what you hear, please, guys, take just a minute. Write us a review or share this on social media. It helps to be seen among all the other podcasts out there. Uh, These conversations are also on YouTube. Head on over there and subscribe as well. If you want to see our ugly mugs, uh, find us on all the social media platforms as Big Things Crewing. As always, our website, big-things-crewing.com. We want to thank our sponsors, ExoScan. The best running apparel from hats to socks and everything in between. No blisters, no chafing, no odor. Check them out. Use our discount code BTC for 20% off. We want to thank Athletic Brewing for making this possible. 20% discount code theres a is McRobertsA20. We're hooking you guys up with a discount on the best non-alcoholic beer around. And last but not least, we want to thank Will Benitez and On Pace Wellness. If you want to dial in your nutrition and do big things this year, like my man Taylor Spike, look up on Pace Wellness, mention this podcast for a 10% discount. Remember, guys, life is short. Do big things, baby. Pedro, take us for a run.